what is up everybody welcome to another episode of the punnet podcast i'm teach i'm chris and today we are going to be going over the nfc south we have a great interview with max chambers another fellow rex alum that i worked with uh he actually currently works for fanatics over there in carolina at the panther stadium for the carolina panthers and charlotte fc you'll be hearing that towards the end of the episode Housekeeping business first. Um, Chris, thank you for reminding me pre-show. Um, we are doing a giveaway right now on Twitter. It is really easy. We are do- giving away two hats. And all you have to do, go to our Twitter. It is at Punit Podcast, P-U-N-T-I-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It's our pinned tweet up there. All you have to do is follow us, retweet this tweet, like it, and then comment the word wedding since Chris and I are getting married about three weeks apart. And then that is a hat on Fanatics that we are just giving away there. And we want to just try and give back as people are going to be giving to us. I get to participate, right? No, we've gone over this. (laughs) But I want to participate. Chris, right now we only have one person participating, and that is Kayla. That means I'm guaranteed a hat, bro. No. Because I'm going to go in there and make sure I get it. <laughs> um, anyway, so like I said, we are covering the NFC South. Um, Chris, does this have the potential to take over the NFC East as the Trash Master division, in your opinion? No, the NFC East will always be the Trash Master division. Uh, not because necessarily of how good or bad their teams are, but because of the fan bases. Okay. In my opinion. Um, I, I do want to <laughs> say, I still think that is our most popular episode. Probably. Um, when I'm, let me just look at it here real quick. Episode rankings. Yeah, it is still our very first episode, February 23rd, 2021, um, which I feel like that was edited because we have, I have NFC East 2020. No, oh, no, yeah, that's right. Um, we have as the Trash Master Division 28 plays on that episode. I'm really proud of ourselves on that one. Hell yeah. Um, and then, believe it or not, our next highest one is at 26. That was done. Earlier this year, on January 19th, 2023. Nice. Um, but let's dive right into, let's start talking about the Bucks and their draft. Um, starting with the first round, 19th overall, Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Um, fun fact, they have taken, and three times since 2018, the Bucks have taken a defensive tackle with their, you know, with their first pick in a draft. Dang. Uh, Logan Hall at 33 in 2022, and Vita Vea at 12 in 2018. They like so, them D tackles, don't they? I mean, I think if I remember correctly, they run a 4-3, so it does make sense, um, especially because I remember they lost Nakeem Hicks. No, it says on here it says they run a 3-4, a but maybe they'll move him out to the edge because um, I view him more as a, a defensive end more than a defensive tackle. Um, at least in my personal opinion, um, just because, you know, he's 6'1", 281, and I feel like he can move really quickly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, at least that's just my personal opinion. Um, any thoughts on Kalijah Kansi? I, I did, I, no, I didn't even know the guy, I ain't gonna lie. Okay, um... <laughs> I'll give you some of the stats here. He had 14 and a half sacks and 27 and a half tackles for loss in two years at Pitt. He also posted a 46740 um, as a defensive lineman. 
That's not bad at all. Um, for reference, uh, Eric Donald ran a 4.68 in 2014. Dang. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's quick. He, he's got that good twitch muscles. He's pretty powerful, too. Um, again, I saw him a little bit at, you know, watching Pitt games because Pitt plays Miami. And he was a he was a menace. Um, and he can kind of play all over the line, I feel. But that's good. I mean, you're going to want somebody who's just going to be a, a menace like that. So, um, Second round, Bucks took Cody Mock, uh, offensive tackle out of North Dakota State University. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know much about him because I didn't watch a whole lot of North Dakota State University tape. Yeah, me neither. Um, I think he starts off as a backup and then eventually works his way in as a starter, but we'll see. Um, third round, they took someone with an absolutely amazing name, Yaya Diaby, uh, defensive end at Louisville, um, 6'3", 263. Um, he, he can, he's a good run stopper, in my opinion. Um, he can't really get, you know, to the, uh, quarterback as much. He only had one and a half sacks in 2021, and then I believe he missed last year. So he only had four in two seasons. So, you know, not the not the highest sack production, but uh, he ran a four five one forty, and he's six three two sixty three. So you can you can do some stuff with him there. Oh yeah. So, um, but admittedly, I didn't watch a whole lot of tape um, on him either. Uh, another one that they took was round five. They took. Servokia Dennis, linebacker out of Pittsburgh. Um, hey, you know, it's depth at that point. Yeah. Yeah, he had, uh, as a true sophomore, racked up 55 tackles, 14 for a loss, four sacks. Uh, 2021, he doubled that input with 82 tackles and 10 tackles for loss. Yes, I mean, it sounds like he can really kind of wrap people up and make sure that they are going to go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, fifth round, they took uh, Payne Durham, tight end out of Purdue. Again, that's just kind of depth, I feel. Um, who knows with what's going to happen there, you know? Yeah, I mean, you just, at that point in the draft, you're hoping to find a diamond in the rough, but you never yeah. really know. Yeah, you're taking flyers. Uh, they took a flyer on Josh Hayes, a corner out of Kansas State. Um Again, I didn't watch much Kansas State production. Same with uh, Nebraska when they took uh, Trey Palmer, wide receiver, which this pick uh, was in the sixth round. It was traded from Green Bay, L.A., Houston, and Philadelphia. So it was a it was a rotating pick. Dang. Yeah. And then in the sixth round of their final pick, they took Jose Ramirez out of Eastern Michigan. So his big thing was he uh, he registered 12 sacks last season. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a, a good little uh, pickup there. Uh, Off-season-wise, I mean, they signed Rodrigo Blankenship. Um, you know, signed David Moore. Yeah, they, they signed a lot of debt people. Kendrick Whitehead was a good pickup for them. They exercised Tristan Worst's fifth-year option. Um, they also signed Chase McClellan, another kicker. You know, to kind of add competition in there. 
Resigning Levante David was a good pick. They released uh, Leonard Fournette and Cameron Brait, um, and they signed Chase Edmonds to a deal. Um, overall, kind of looking at their depth chart going into this season, they got Baker Mayfield. He's someone they uh, got. He's going to be their QB1. Kyle Trask is right behind him. Um, they're running back. I, I think they're going to go running back by committee. They got uh, Richard White and Chase Edmonds as their one-two. Um, they still got a pretty formidable wide receiver core of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, and then their their offensive line has been good for a bit. And then that defense has been also pretty solid as well. Um, what are your thoughts on the Bucks going into the season? I'm not expecting a whole lot. Yeah, I'm really not expecting a whole lot either. Um, honestly, I saw that Mike Evans said somewhere that they're going to be even better post Tom Brady. And I just saw that and kind of chuckled. I didn't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, you got Baker Mayfield at quarterback for one and for two, I don't really feel like they did a whole lot to make that team better. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I'm still a Baker guy. I like Baker, but I, I think now we can kind of agree that he's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, and it's a shame because like I love Baker. I think he's a great quarterback. I love his attitude. I love his style. But I mean, with this roster, I could maybe maybe argue into winning this division, but that's not really saying much. Yeah, I mean, this conv- division can be really bad, or one team can be really good. That's how I kind of see it. Yeah, um, I I agree, and I think it's potentially going to lean towards the really bad. Maybe the division winner doesn't even reach d- double-digit wins. Yeah, I... Man, like like I said, when I when, when we started this, I'm leaning more towards this might be the new Trash Master division based on talent there. Like, I, I think we should make the Trash Master division a rotating award for people. <laughs> um, you know, but that's just me. But I, I also understand your sentiment of having it where it is just, um, you know, whoever is just happens to be there, <laughs> you know, with the NFC East and talking shit with them. I suppose we can be a rotating award every off season. Well, I mean, it, you know, <laughs> it, it is your personal opinion there. So. Yeah, but mine doesn't matter on this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, just not gonna yeah. touch that one. <laughs> uh, overall, what what grade would you give their um, draft, and then what grade would you give their free agency? Man, I I don't know. Draft maybe a maybe a D plus. Uh, I mean, really, their probably only good good pick is their first round pick, and then from there on out, it's like. You don't really know what you got. So, uh, and then free agency, I don't know. Maybe a C minus, but they really didn't do a whole lot. They didn't splash. So, and as a whole, it's probably D plus a C minus range. I mean, I just, I don't feel like they did a whole lot to make their team better this offseason. And I don't know. After what I've seen out of Baker Mayfield, I don't know that you can trust him to lead your team but 
I'm not in the NFL for a reason, so. <laughs> um, I think I give both their draft and their free agency C minus. I wish I would have seen more swings. Um, I, I know I'm not high on Will Levis, but I felt like he this is a place that he could have gone to, and at least sit a year behind Baker. I know they just took Kyle Trask, um, but I'm surprised they didn't take a flyer on him. Um, and then I felt like they could have done more with their defensive prospects at that point um at least in my personal opinion um you know i don't know how you feel about their first i mean you know we kind of talked about it but um i just i feel like there's more talent there that they could have had with their first round pick you know yeah i mean i agree there is a lot more at 19 than a defensive tackle that I never really heard of. So, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at it, like Deontay Banks could have been a great corner to get them. That he went at 24. Mozzie Smith, I felt like could have been a better pick. Um, you know, he was at 26. You know, if you're looking for defense, Miles Murphy at 29. Uh, Brian Breeze, who we'll talk about later, he went at 29 to a division rival. And then Nolan Smith was out of Georgia, you know, or even uh, Felix Anuke Uzama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of talent there for them. My guess is they probably had somebody higher on their list that they were wanting, like maybe a Jack Campbell or Christian Gonzalez went. Um, you know, maybe they were looking at Lucas Van Ness. But if they were, haha, we got them, <laughs> suckers. Uh, and, and that's just my personal guess. But we'll never know. We weren't in the room when it happened, so yeah. One day, Chris, I swear I'm going to be in that room. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Um, on to a team whose stadium I've actually been to. I uh, didn't see a game there, but I went into their stadium, the New Orleans Saints. Um, we'll start with their first round draft pick. Uh, they took Brian Breeze, who we had just mentioned, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Um Again, to me, he projects more as an edge. He's 6'5", though, 305, so I could see why you want to stick him at defensive. But to me, he's just fast. Um, but he had 64 tackles and nine sacks um, and 915 snaps um, in 26 games over his career. So That's maybe not too bad. You know, maybe he didn't get, like, the production sack-wise people were looking for. And maybe he didn't get the tackles people were looking for, but he, you know, out of those 64 sacks, 15 of them were for loss. So to me, yeah. that's that's good production there. Yeah, that's not terrible. You know, he played in the COVID shortened 2020 season. He only played four games in 2021. I'm not entirely sure why, but then he played 10 games in 2022. Hmm. So, you know. It uh, looks like he missed uh, all of 2020 with a knee injury. Ooh. But he did also have a pick, apparently. Nice. So, you know, good for him. Um, looking at their second round pick, they took Isaiah Foskey. Uh, he is a defensive end at a Notre Dame. He was one of the defensive captains, which is a big deal for Notre Dame. Um, he's 6'5", 260, so you can tell they're wanting to get big on that uh, defensive line out there and NOLA. And 
you know, he led last year, he led the Irish with uh, 12 and a half sacks. Um, so, sorry, 12 and a half tackles for loss and 52 total stops and 13 starts. And he was 10th in the FBS with 11 sacks. And then he also led the nation with six forced fumbles. So this is a guy like you read those numbers and you're like, why didn't he go in the first round? You know? Yeah. I, he was picked at number 40. So, you know, it's not like there, you know, there's eight picks difference between him and a first rounder. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of potential there with him. I really like the Foskey pick. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can never go wrong with a big guy on the edge. I mean, especially something, somebody of his size, it's just going to be, he can be very useful if he can understand and grasp the, um, the NFL side of things. Um, third round, they took Kendra Miller running back out of TCU. I remember watching this guy during the uh, playoffs, and he was electrifying to watch. Um, he's 5'11", 215. Um, he led the team with 1,399 rushing yards and eighth nationally with 17 rushing touchdowns. Um, he did miss the national title game with an injury. Do I think that changes the way that game goes? No, not at all. Um <laughs> But, I mean, he is a electrifying player. And, you know, especially when you're not sure how long you're going to have Alvin Kamara or, you know, if he's going to get any discipline for the off-field stuff that's happened in the past little bit, um, taking a swing on a guy like Miller is a big, big deal. Yeah, I think, I mean, personally, there probably should be some repercussions from Alvin Kamara and what he did off the field. But, yeah, I mean, he... That TCU running back, I mean, Kendra Miller, I think his name was, he's, I don't think he's going to be that bad of a player. And given the opportunity, I think he can be a good one based off what I saw. Um, it's just kind of, you never know. I mean, Jones, Aaron Jones, he was a fifth round pick. You didn't know what you were getting out of him. And now he's a starter for sure. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, and, especially with running backs being treated, unfortunately, the way they are, um, you know, it's always good to have that type of depth. Exactly. So um, looking at round four, they took Nick Saldaveri, offensive lineman out of Old Dominion. 6'6", 316. I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of his tape, so I don't know how good he is. Yeah, I I didn't watch any of it either. But, I mean, a guy that size, you're hoping, you know, he can move laterally. Maybe you can slot him at guard, potentially, and uh, go from there. Yeah. So, uh, next pick they took was Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. He's a quarterback. You know, you're just adding depth. Um, maybe a little bit of a Derek Carr connection because Fresno State. But um, he's six foot 207. Um, final season, he passed for 2,896 yards and 20 touchdowns with only three interceptions. So it looks like he does a lot of good um, protection of the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always good, protecting the football, but you just... Unless injuries happen, 
I'm not sure if he'll see the field. Yeah. Um, also, they took in the fifth round Jordan Howden safety out of Minnesota. It's a death pick. I again not someone I saw a lot of, um, but I mean, if you're taking someone in the fifth round, sure he could absolutely be something. And I, you know, I didn't watch any of his tape really, so I can't sit here and tell you if he's good or if he's bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't really watch a whole lot of these late round guys. See anything about them? Just at that point, you're going for depth at any position you can, whatever you need it the most. Yeah. Um, again, more depth in the sixth round. They took A.T. Perry, wide receiver, out of Wake Forest. Uh, conflicting things, I've seen he's either 6'3 or 195, or I've seen he's 6'5, 205. Either way, he's a big boy. Big boys are important. Um, he also has 12 100-yard receiving games and is the only player in program history to have two double-digit touchdown seasons. Dang. But it's also Wake Forest, so... That is fair. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you anyone who's ever come out of Wake Forest. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I can't either. <laughs> Looking at their offseason... I mean, obviously we have to talk about uh, Derek Carr, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> what What are your thoughts on the Saints getting Derek Carr? And I guess, I mean, I guess overall that will overlap in your opinions of what is Derek Carr as a quarterback to you? Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, can he be a quarterback to lead you to a Super Bowl? Probably not. Uh, can he lead you to the playoffs? Yes, I think he can. And I've, He hadn't really shown it in recent years, but he did have that good year in 16 before he broke his leg or something that he broke. Um, that derailed their season, which I thought they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl that year um, until that happened. But Derek Carr, he's a good game manager. Um, he's not... He's not going to get you a whole lot of mistakes in a game. I mean, he might give you a few, but they're typically not anything that you can't overcome. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be how well can he learn this new system and how effective is he going to be? Yeah, I mean, I like Derek Carr. Um, I think he's, I, I know it's going to sound really weird. To me, especially now, he reminds me a lot of a Ryan Tannehill. Because game manager, not going to win you a game, not going to lose you a game. Uh, I thought he got more flack out in Vegas slash Oakland that he probably should have gotten. Um, but I still feel like getting a four-year 150 contract is a little bit of an overpay, especially for um, a team that, if I remember correctly, is up against the cap already. Um, Dang which, because I remember those, uh, last year, so they have um, total cap space. They're actually negative in the cap right now. That's no bueno. But, you know, obviously, like, you know, stuff's coming up where you can do cuts, you can do all that and everything. I think, if, if I'm reading this correctly, um, I said, well, this is estimated cap space, all um, according to Sport Track. Only the Bears are under the cap right now. But like that's that's counting everyone signed onto the roster. So they're looking at ninety people, and you go down to 
you know, 53. yeah, 53. Yeah, I got you. That so, makes sense. you know, um, just kind of let me just click on their profile here and see where they actually end up projecting them to totally be. Um, right now, Cameron Jordan is their biggest cap hit at 15 million, which is honestly surprising. Um, that's not bad. No, not bad at all. Um, it looks like their estimated cap space is going to be around 14 million. I don't know who they plan on cutting to clear up that much. You know, maybe a Michael Thomas. Um, but I mean, man, I'm surprised he's still even on that team. Well, I thought last year they could cut him because of his, um, you know, his dead cap of what it would be. Um, but like, you know, obviously they come this year's 36 million and then 21 million. Um, and then it rolls over into 2025. But I mean, he's signed till 27, which is not the best look for them, you know? Which I don't think I'm reading that right either. But oh, no, sorry. It's all signing bonuses that have been voided. That's where I'm not reading it right. Oh, so, yeah, sure. Yeah. So they, they could cut him. Uh, he's only got one year left because he, he uh, restructured his stuff. So. Um, you know, they, they were really up against the cap last year, I remember being, because I remember just going, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. And, hey, they have somehow worked it out. So, but they have a lot of uh, dead cap this year um, on the books. They have $24 million so far in dead cap already. Keepers. Yeah. Um, the biggest one being... Um, David Onyemata at at just a hair over ten million, and then Marcus Davenport, who I will always remember being part of that trade uh, with the Packers, um, you know, the Saints trade with, uh, cost them seven point six million to just not be on their uh, roster. That's awesome! So, what a uh, what a great use of your money. Um, and he, now he's actually playing for the Vikings, which I didn't know about. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that either, to be honest with you. Um, but just kind of looking at their their team overall, looking at their depth chart coming up. Obviously, Derek Carr is the is the guy over there. You got Alvin Kamara, depending on what happens with him. Um, and then behind him, you have Jamal Williams. Um, Jameis Winston's their backup QB. Can't forget about Taysom Hill. Uh, Chris Olave, I'm expecting another big year out of. Um, and then you got Michael Thomas. And, you know, they, they've always had a good offensive line, but their tight ends kind of leave me wanting more. Jawan Johnson's your number one right now. And then the defense is obviously led by uh, Marshawn Lattimore, in my opinion, and Tyron Matthew coming down there. But Cameron Jordan is probably your best rusher there, and he's getting up there in age. Yeah, he is their best rusher there. And honestly, I think... Uh... Olave, I think he's going to have an even better season. I think Derek Carr is better than Jameis Winston. You mean 30 so, for 30 Jameis? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. 30 for 30 <laughs> Jameis. Um, I guess overall, like I, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts or feelings towards the Saints. Um, you know, I kind of give... A, you know, I, I think I give their draft a, a C again. And then their free agency at B because you've got um, Tyrone Matthew and Derek Carr. So you 
you upgraded at quarterback and you definitely upgraded at safety. Yeah, I I agree with their draft. It's it's fine. Yeah, it wasn't really <laughs> wasn't really anything to write home about. And their free agents, yeah, you got Derek Carr and then Tyron Matthew, which don't get me wrong, key pieces on both sides of the ball, but is it enough to really turn the tide? Maybe just enough in that division, but within the NFC itself, no. Probably not. Yeah, um, I mean, anything can happen in this division. Yeah. So, like I said, it's going to be an interesting division to watch, but I think if they go with my idea of the formulation of how they should do the playoffs and only take the top teams, I don't think anyone in this division is making it. Yeah, I... No. Uh... First round exits forever makes the playoffs, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just yeah. not that great of a team or a division, to be honest with you. Um, I guess before we dunk any more on them, let's move on to the final team that we'll be covering before we bring Max in and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, kind of a shocker pick. I know a lot of people were surprised that they took Bijan Robinson at eighth overall, which is unheard of. Right now, I feel like for running backs, um, but Bijan is a highly talented running back out of Texas. Uh, what were your thoughts on this pick? I think it's a great pick. Um, I think their running game is going to be really, really good. Um, and, it, and it's only going to help their receivers uh, get open more just because of the threat of the running backs. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think Bijan is going to be a great running back. Yeah, um, I, I think he'll be really good. I'm more concerned about like their quarterback play, which I don't want to cut too much into, but we can talk about with Desmond Ritter. I mean, I'll be honest, I still don't think Ritter's the day one starter. I think it's going to be Taylor Heineke. Really? I do. I really do. And that's nothing against, you know... Desmond Ritter, I just think they're going to be like, look, we're going to want to ease Ritter in again for another year. I think they're going to put Heineke out there. Uh, I could, I could see it. I could. But, you know, I, as much as we both love Bijan, do you think taking Bijan at eight overall was the right move for the Falcons who are lacking in a lot of talent everywhere else? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell. What What do you think the right move is, though, really? I mean, I feel like they could have taken, um, oh my goodness, the, the Eagles took him. We just covered him. They took him at nine. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, that D-tackle. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, out of Georgia. Jalen Carter. I know, Jalen yep, Carter. that guy. Um, you know, I feel like that could have been a that's probably the pick I would have gone there, but that's only because, you know, let me just go ahead and look at their defensive tackle depth here. Um, David Oninata, who is, like we just talked about the Saints, is your number one guy there. And then you got Clays Campbell on the edge and Grady Jarrett on the edge as well. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. I could... You could have kept the Georgia guy in Georgia. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time... Um, I think a running back like Bijan is hard to pass up 
I think he's going to be a good one for them. I really do. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying like it's a bad pick. Like I think getting Bijan's good. I'm just saying with especially with how the league is viewing running backs nowadays. I mean, like you look at Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott are still on the market right now. And, yeah. You know, it is getting Bijan for. You know, admittedly, they're probably taking him because they expect to run him. If he only gives you five good years, are you looking back at this pick in five years saying, yeah, he was worth the eighth overall pick? Uh, <laughs> five good years out of a running back? I'll take it. Honestly. Well, I mean, like, would you rather have five good years as a running back or would you rather have nine good years of a defensive tackle? Because that's usually about the average thing going, you know? I mean, it depends. Who does, in your opinion, does the defensive tackle get hurt more than the running back, or does the running back get hurt more than the defensive tackle? Because there are going to be injuries. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I'm not even worried about Jalen Carter being injured. I'm more worried about him and his off-the-field stuff, and that may have been why they passed on him. Yeah, I think you exactly know? that may be the reason. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not trying to be like, oh, they made a bad pick at eight. I'm just saying... You know, when you look at it, when it comes to like a draft capital and, you know, with the way things are going and maybe they're going to try and rewrite the script. Maybe they're going to be a lot more of a run heavy team with good passing options. Um, Lord knows they need Kyle Pitts to catch some touchdowns here and there. Um, but again, because I'm trying to look in his career. You know, how many touchdowns does he actually have? <laughs> Kyle Pitts? Um, yes. Two. Two. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's two. Group? I'm it's pretty two. sure it's two. Oh. Got one was... in 2021, because remember, that was the one out in London, and then he finally caught one last year in um, in the States. Oof. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'm sure they're looking back at that going, oof. Like, again, I look back at that and go, man, I because I thought this guy was going to be a weapon. And it might just be how Atlanta's deploying him. I really think it is. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts is a very good tight end. Um, but, you know, now it's who are they going to trust to do more? Are they going to have Desmond Ritter throwing the ball? Or are they just going to have him handing off to Bijan Robinson? I, I was, that's where I'm more confused on the Falcons overall draft philosophy is what is your plan here? Yeah. You know, I, I know their coach came from the Tennessee Titans. So maybe they're looking to do copy a Tennessee Titans offense where we're going to run the ball here and then we're going to play actions and that's going to free up everybody. And if so, that's great. But to me, it's a question of can Desmond Ritter do that for you? I think given enough time, I think he can. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so as well. I just think they don't, they shouldn't give up on him. No, I don't think so either. Um, Second round, they took Matthew Bergeron, offensive tackle out of Syracuse. Uh, he's probably going to be a guard, in my opinion. Well, that goes to show you there, too. They're taking picks to help with that offensive line. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, I think he's I, th I think he's going to be probably their starting day guard, in my opinion. Just kind of looking at their depth chart, I can't see anybody who's going to take over it. Um, but, hey, getting a starting offensive lineman in the second round is a great pick. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. 
Oh. And that's what that's what you look for in the second round is starters, best you can. You know, kind of looking into the third round, they took Zach Harrison, defensive end out of Ohio State. I loved this pick for them, especially in the third round. The dude's six six. He started twenty seven games for Ohio State. I think that's a great thing. He, you know, he's not a go getter on the sack department. He's definitely a run stopper and a good pass coverage guy, but. Um, you know, I, I, when I look at his tape, I actually was really impressed with it. I know the overlying stats weren't there, but I think he can be a really good pickup. Yeah. I mean, again, you're just there. You're looking really for just some solid long-term players out of those picks. And I think that, that guy, he's going to be a good player. Yeah. Uh, just going to take probably a little bit of development for him. Um, in the fourth round, they took Clark Phillips, a third corner out of Utah. Um, it, it addressed some depth, which I know they were needing because they were pretty injured last year. Um, they're going to have an interesting depth at corner now. Um, just kind of looking at it here. You know, they've got Jeff Okuda as well. They've got AJ Terrell, they've got D Alford, Darren Hall, Mike Hughes. That's a pretty deep corner room. And then on the safety they got Jesse Bates the third, which I you know we'll talk more about here in a bit, but great pickup there. Oh yeah. You know. So you know I think they're not wanting to be down at the bottom of this division very long. And you know adding depth at corner is essential, especially no matter what division you're in. Yeah. I mean Cornerbacks, they're the, they're the positions that I feel are almost the second most valuable position on the football field behind the quarterback. I mean, if you don't have good cornerbacks, you're just going to get roasted and toasted all day long. Yeah, uh, that's something their general manager, Terry uh, Fontenot, was quoted on saying is that you can never have enough talented defensive backs. And uh, he tried taking a big swing on talent in the seventh round with uh, DeMarco Hellams, too, safety out of Alabama. Hey, you know what? Keep getting that talent and swing for the ceiling, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And then they also took a guard slash center out of South Carolina by Javon Gwynn uh, with their final pick of the draft. Um, You know, we kind of mentioned it with their, um, you know, talking about the draft, but obviously their big splash in free agency was Jesse Bates III. Yes. Yeah, I I mean... And Calais Campbell, you could argue. I'm I'm a I'm a okay Cincinnati fan. I mean, I I cheer for them when the Packers are doing terrible or uh, they're just. Maybe they have taken over playing. Cincinnati. Like even like the University of Cincinnati, you've taken over. Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all over Cincinnati. <laughs> you to become a Reds fan too? No, probably not. <laughs> but I think that I think that Jesse Bates is a huge loss for Cincinnati, but a major gain for that secondary for Atlanta. I mean, it, it, he is just a really good player. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Jesse Bates has so much talent that it is ridiculous. Um, and the fact that, you know, he went to Atlanta shows that he might believe in what they're uh, bringing up down there. Yeah. Cause I'm sure he probably could have gotten similar and or better deals. Um, than what he got in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 
yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like that secondary is going to surprise a lot of people this year. It's just I mean, a matter of if that offense can keep pace with all the other teams in the league and especially all the other teams in their division. You know, I uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm thinking about taking them in fantasy football for like a defense. Well, you're not getting them now. Well, um, <laughs> so you know how I was just talking about how I can't think of anyone that's ever come for Wake Forest? Uh, Yeah. You know who came from Wake Forest? Was it Jesse Bates? It was Jesse Bates. <laughs> um, but he did sign a four-year, $64 million contract. So, um, you know, safeties get treated a lot like running backs, but I think safeties have more value when it comes to some, you know situations like that. Yes. Um, but, you know, getting a guy like Bates really changed that. You know he's going to step in and be an instant leader on your defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to make impacts day one. Yeah. Um, I guess overall, what do you think of their draft and their uh, free agency? I think their free agency was an A. Um, I mean, you got... We we talked about him. Jesse Bates. I mean, you just can't go wrong with having a stud safety like that. And so trading for Jeff Okuda was a big deal, too. If he can stay healthy and play good ball. I mean, that was his problem in uh, in Detroit. He just couldn't stay healthy. So, yeah, I, I agree there. I think now the big thing is that he's not going to be asked to be the number one guy out there. Because um, A.J. Terrell is the number one guy out there. So I think he's going to get more favorable matchups. Um, you know, I know that doesn't account into the health factor of it, but hey, maybe, maybe it will. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll we'll just have to see how his play holds up this season. Um, and then their draft, I think it was. I want to go with a B. Um, I think Bijan, you're going to hit on him, and then uh, Bergeron, that offensive tackle out of Syracuse. Um, I think he's going to be a good, solid player for you. Um, and overall, I think just B plus, B plus to A. I mean, it was a pretty good off season for the Falcons. I think. Yeah, honestly, I give the I, I give both an A, A town down. You know, um, and I, I I really loved what they did overall. Like I know I sounded really harsh in critique of the Bijan Robinson pick. It's just the way the trend is going. Like, um, my mind's on hockey right now. My team just made a trade that has been going on for like three weeks now. That it's been rumored, so I almost screamed whenever I read that. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, talking about like, you know, I do hockey stuff on the side. Taking a running back that early is like taking a goalie. They're voodoo. You don't know what they're going to do. If it hits, it's great. If it busts, it sets back your team a few years. Yes, you know, and. I, I don't think Bichon's going to miss. I just hope they don't misutilize him. Um, because how I feel about Bichon is the same way I feel about Kyle Pitts, and I don't want them to misutilize it. Yeah, I I do agree. Um, I think he's going to be solid, though. I, I really do. But, again, I mean, there's no telling. He could be the next... Derrick Henry, who runs for 2,000 yards, or if he can just be injury-prone 
and it is a waste of an eighth overall pick. Yeah. Um, real quick, just because looking at our schedule going forward, I don't think we're going to have time to hit some of the teams like that we were thinking about hitting for preseason. So I want to go back and look at some... Uh, you know, some predictions, I guess, going before we go into the preseason here um, on who we think will win. Um, since we've only covered a few, you know, it won't take too long here. Um, starting with the NFC South, I know we haven't gotten into our um, our draft coverage yet for the Panthers. I know that's coming up, but I guess overall, who do you think is going to win this division coming into next year? Man, honestly... I think anybody can win it, um, but I think I'm going to go Panthers ten and seven, Falcons right behind them at nine and eight, and Bucks maybe at eight and nine, and the Saints at seven and nine or eight and nine. See, I've got I got Panthers winning it with the Saints right behind them, the Falcons, and then the Bucks. For me, um, I think the Panthers, and, and you'll hear that in just a little bit, really improved significantly over this year. Um, and then I think the Saints really improved and the Falcons really improved. I think the only one that didn't overly improve was the Bucks. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I and there agree. wasn't enough separation in these teams because it went eight, nine and then seven, ten, seven, ten, seven, ten. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't impress me enough to separate that. Yeah, I I agree. Um, the Bucks, man, it's just what do you do? I mean, they they didn't do anything. I feel like they just picked up a mediocre quarterback. I, I know it sounds and then terrible. Some key pl- or some other players. I know it sounds terrible, and Buck fans aren't going to want to hear it. It's time to blow it up. You trade Mike Evans. You trade Chris Godwin. You trade anyone that has any value and accumulates so much draft capital. And rebuild for the future. I I know that's the easy, quick answer, and Buck fan, you know. But you were eight and nine with Tom Brady last year and a really good team. You can't tell me Baker Mayfield is going to come out and do better than Tom Brady did last year. Right. You didn't yeah. add enough to impress me, you know, to say that this team is going to be better than eight and nine was last year. Yeah, and I just... you won your division, so you're going to have a harder schedule this year. Yeah. You know, um, like, let me just take a look at their schedule coming up. And let's just kind of see see who they've got, you know. Um, you know, obviously, you got to face, you know, your division rivals twice. But, like, here's their full list of teams. They start off going to Minnesota. Ooh. And then they're home against the Bears. But I don't even think that's an easy win. No, it really isn't. The Eagles come in in week three. Then you go to New Orleans. Who New Orleans has, if I remember correctly, statistically beaten the Bucs more than the Bucs have beaten the Saints. Yeah, New Orleans defense has the Bucs offense. I mean, then you got the Lions coming to Tampa Bay. That's not an easy win. I mean, realistically, that's 0 5 right there. You know, um, then you got the Falcons. You know, that might be your win. Might be. You know, I'll give the Saints a maybe, and I'll even give the Bears a maybe. And then you got the Bills. You go to Buffalo. Yeah, you, you ain't winning, winning that, that game. <laughs> the Texans you'll probably beat. 
but that's even that's not a guaranteed win. And that's sad when I'm sitting here saying it's not guaranteed that you're going to beat the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, you know, then you face the Titans again. That's not a guarantee. Derrick Henry might just kill you guys. The Niners, you ain't beating the Niners. The Colts, you might be the Colts, but that's in Indy. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, you never know how Anthony Richardson's going to do. And you got the Panthers, you know, then you got the Falcons again. Here's your only easy win is the fucking Green Bay Pack. I'm kidding. What? <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, that's, wow. that's awesome. It's in, it's in Lambeau. You are beating the Packers. I'm sorry. Baker, Baker Mayfield led Bucks are not le- beating the Packers in Lambeau. And then you La- face Jacksonville, New Orleans, Carolina to finish your year. I'm not seeing a whole lot of teams where I'm looking at this Bucks team and going, they're going to win. Yeah, you I know? agree. You, you have some hard teams here. You have the Jaguars. You have the Packers. You've got, you know, the 49ers. You've got the Titans. You've got the Bills. You've got the Lions. Like, you got the Eagles. You've got hard teams. I, I just don't see a reality where this team isn't at the bottom. And that might work for them because Caleb Williams might fall to their lap in the draft. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. Might fall right into him. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, NFC North. Who do you think wins the NFC North? Oh, my goodness. I got to go Packers. I, I have to. I think Packers win it going uh, 11 and 6. 11 and okay. 6. Um, I think Minnesota and Detroit tie for second at 10 and 7. And then the Bears are somewhere, I don't know, give me... Uh, oh man, I don't know what. I don't even know what to think of the Bears. They went three and fourteen last year. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> give me, give me f- six and eleven for the Bears this year. Okay. And, and honestly, that's good for how you think about the Bears. Yeah, um, I think they've improved, but I don't think they've improved enough to contend for the division win. To me, I still think this is Minnesota's division to lose. Uh, So I still got Minnesota finishing up top. I have the Lions making the wild card at two. Believe it or not here, Chris, and I I know you may not believe me here, I think I've got Green Bay making a wild card too. A wild card? You think they're going to make a wild card at three? I mean, the Giants did it last year. That's fair. I mean... You know, I, I don't expect a big step up from the Seahawks. I, you know, I don't expect, a, you know, anyone from the NFC South to claim wild card. And, you know, the Giants may not have as great as a year. You know, they went 9-7-1 and and made it. I, I predict both the Lions and the Packers go 10-7. and It's better than I thought you'd give us. <laughs> uh, so we basically just... Kind of flip-flopped our top three. Yeah. Um, And then the NFC East, for me, it goes Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. I I see no change except the Giants don't make the playoffs. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, Eagles are probably going to win 12 games at least. 
Unless they have a uh, Super Bowl loser slump, which could happen. Never know. Um, but yeah, then I got Cowboys, Giants, uh, Commanders. I just I don't see the Commanders taking any steps forward this season, and if anything, they take a few back. I mean, the only thing they've proven to me is that they were finally tired of shitty ownership, but... <laughs> Took them long enough. Right. Um, yeah, so those are just kind of the divisions that we've already covered, because um, just kind of looking ahead to our schedule, uh, we're going to have the NFC West next week, um, and then after that we'll start with the AFC East, and then AFC North, AFC South, and then AFC West, and that brings us right before Chris's wedding. Uh, nice. Yep. Kind of tap it up, wrap it up in a nice little bow. The 26th is a week where you won't be available. And then the second is a week before my wedding. So we can try and crank out an episode, which will have to be our premature prediction episode that week before the season starts on the seventh. Yeah. So, Football is rapidly approaching, uh, but for now, we are going to send you into our interview with Max going over the Carolina Panthers. Yes, we are. And welcome to the interview section of our podcast. Joining us today is another fellow Rex intern survivor that we had. Uh, his name is Max. He currently works for Fanatics in the Panthers stadium. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? you know alive and kicking alive and kicking um so tell us a little bit about how um it is working like kind of within the panthers team store and kind of their general uh vibes going into the season yeah so right now we're mostly in charlotte fc mode because they play in the same stadium that the panthers do so we've been just trying to like pour merchandise as best as we can with them but i mean we have been starting to put more panther stuff out and i mean we just got bryce young jerseys like maybe a month ago and they've been selling like crazy um because you know everybody's very excited about him being the number one pick and hopefully being the next franchise quarterback for the team and it's been a, it's been a fun job i really enjoyed it learned a lot and uh it's definitely better working condition conditions than the rex was last year for sure do they at least give you water over there or yes we do get free water we get they get they have like four or five cases in the back at all times that was uh, the same thing I had asked uh, Justin with some of the things he was doing was, do you at least get free water here? Or do you have to do, do you get up? Do you get yelled at if you uh, take the water? Oh, yeah. But uh, the only bad thing is, is that we don't get free food like we did at the Rex. So I don't get the Rex roasters. Oh, we have to pay. Roasters. Yeah, we have to pay 20 bucks for food whenever we work at the games. Yeah, that, that's that's a little rough. Um, hey, but at least you don't have to wear the uh, mascot uniform, right? Yeah, thankfully that that was miserable. I don't I don't miss that part for sure. Um, but, you know, you kind of touched on Bryce Young. I guess let's dive into their draft class. Um, you know, obviously first overall they took Bryce Young. Um, you know, people argue he's probably too small to play in the NFL. You know, th there are smaller quarterbacks that have made success. Um, I know the big picture of him being behind the offensive line has. Uh, you know, surface, and I'm sure people have laughed at it at least once or twice if they're, uh, you know, thinking that that is the funny aspect of it. Um, but what's the, like, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Bryce Young pick? So I'm not even going to lie to you. When the, the draft was coming up in the pre-draft process, I really wanted C.J. Stroud 
for number one if we were going to trade up. And when I saw we trade up, I thought we were going to get Strouds because all the rumors were going that way. And I was like, he's like he's like a Cam Newton-style quarterback, 6'4", has a rocket arm, and can run run the ball really well. And I was like, this could be our next Cam Newton. But then the rumors started going toward Bryce Young, and I was kind of concerned at first because we had Baker Mayfield last year, and he's like the same height as Bryce. And I remember watching so many games, and every time between like five or ten yards, the ball would get bad down the line of scrimmage because Baker couldn't throw it over defensive linemen's heads. But, I mean, working with the team store, I met some of the coaches and stuff, and and some of the people around, like the organization, they seem very excited and say that he's like really he's acting like a veteran. He's playing really well in practice and he's impressing a lot of people. So it's kind of turned my opinion around working uh, with the Panthers organization and hearing all the great stuff that uh, the people have been talking about him in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I know Bryce was, I think, my second rated quarterback going into the draft. I had uh, Stroud going number one for me. Um, I remember seeing the rumors about Will Levis there for, like, I think the past few days before the draft. Um, but I was I mean, so glad they didn't do that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think Bryce can be a quality guy. Now it's just getting the talent around him. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the pick? I personally had Bryce Young as my number one quarterback. I thought after the test scores came out and CJ Stroud didn't have very high test scores. I just, you want both talent and smarts, especially at the quarterback position. So I, I thought Bryce Young was the for sure pick at number one when the Panthers traded up. And I think it's a good pick. I think he's going to be a good quarterback for a long time for the Panthers. Yeah, I know in that pick was the DJ Moore trade. Um, to me, I kind of view that as a, hey, you know, DJ Moore is tired of the Panthers. The Panthers are tired of DJ Moore. Let's just get a fresh start and let's get our franchise quarterback. Uh, how do you feel about the wide receiver room? I know in the second round they added uh, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. Um, he's a big body, 6'2", 220. Um, but, you know, overall, I guess what's the thoughts on, like, the the uh, wide receiver room out there? Um. So, I mean, DJ Moore was an incredible wide receiver. I mean, he had – I'm pretty sure he had over a thousand yards every year he played for the Panthers, but he was, I say he's expendable because you can, uh, the people they brought in in the draft and we'll probably talk about later, like free agency, they replaced them pretty much the same production or even more. I mean, Mingo, I've been hearing about like how like physical, he's like a throw it up, go get it receiver. And he's been like pretty impressive in camp and stuff like saying like, he's like a, five-year veteran with the size and strength that he has and the type of speed that he has. So I'm excited to see what they can do. And I mean, there's been like, I've seen stuff all the time about like how like the last five years, the first quarter wide receiver taken the second round has been like a really, really good, like starting caliber wide receiver. So I'm hoping that continues with Mingo. Yeah, Mingo, uh, I didn't know much about him going into the draft. Uh, I did a little bit of pre-draft research, uh, pre-recording research on him. His tape really impressed me. I, it's not obviously it's not a one to one comparison because those are so hard to get. He does give me some DK Metcalf vibes with just how big he is and how freakishly athletic he can be. Um, it's like you said, he just goes up and gets the ball. Uh, will will he be DK Metcalf? No, probably not. But if you can even get like half of what he is, that's a good wide receiver to have. Well, and I was just thinking like. I mean, I don't know if you remember, like, probably, I don't know, about nine years ago, they drafted a wide receiver in the late first round named Kelvin Benjamin, 
Mm-hmm. And he was a throw it up type receiver that was six five. And I mean, he even though he wasn't a great player overall, like the first two years, he had almost a thousand. He had over almost a thousand yards. And if we get that type of player out of him, I'd be very happy with that because we need a wide receiver like that. They can go up and just go get any ball that's thrown up his way. Yeah. Um, it continued on. They took um, an edge, DJ Johnson out of Oregon. Um, they. Probably going to slate him at an outside linebacker. He's 6'4", 260. Um, he's a really good just like three down back, you know, three down backer can, uh, you know, really just play pass coverage and rush off the edge. Um, he's he's a big boy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't have too many pass rushers in the NFL. And you already have Brian Burrows on one side. I think that's going to make his job a whole lot easier because, you know, teams are already going to focus on Burns. And if you have him on the other side rushing the, the quarterback, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be hard to stop both of them. I mean, one of them's going to get free eventually. So, I mean, getting in our edge rusher is definitely not a bad thing at all. And we definitely need some pass rush because, I mean, I remember watching games and it was either Burns or Derek Brown or nobody pretty much for the pass rush. I mean, it was non-existent at some points. Um, I'm going to guess this is probably your least favorite pick coming up, if I remember correctly. Uh, Chandler Savala, guard out of NC State, um, because I know you're deep, deep hatred for NC State. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it probably a depth guy, if we're being more than honest, but you can never have too much depth on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely – I don't think he's going to start right away. I mean, because I think we have – a very underrated offensive line. Like our offensive line is already set. We already have like Iquanu on the left left tackle position. We got Brady Christensen at guard, Bozeman at center, uh, Corbett at gu- other guard, and then at tackle we got Taylor Moten. So I mean, we got a pretty good offensive line already. They just need more time to work together. And in the last half of the season, they really did show like what they can do, especially uh, Iquanu. I mean, he struggled early on, but then later half of the season he started finding his footing. And I'm excited to see what this offensive line can do because if they can stay strong, then Bryce's job is going to be a whole lot easier this season. I, I agree, especially you know that's going to be the big thing is keeping him upright and letting him have a clean pocket to be able to throw in. I mean, because I mean, franchise left tackles don't come around that often. I mean, Aquanu has the size, and I mean, he showed flashes last year. And if he stays like that this year, then he'll be probably one of the best left tackles in the league. Probably like yeah. a Larry Tunsil type player. I, I really enjoyed him coming out of the draft. I think if I remember correctly, I had him as my number one tackle last year. Or did I have some? Maybe I had um, a different guy at number one. I know he was up there for me as a uh, for my position that I had him at. So, I mean, he's a he's a great pick. Um, last pick of the draft uh, took safety Jamie Robinson out of Florida State. Um, I, I got to see quite a bit of him last year um, just because, you know, watching Miami, you keep an eye on Florida State. He's a ball hawker, man. That dude will go up and get the ball. But he's kind of reminds me a lot of that uh, the guy out in Dallas, I forget the nail off the top of the head, where it's hit or miss on whether he's actually going to get the ball or not. Von Diggs? Yes. Um, I mean, we need those type of players because, I mean, Obviously, I'm here to see the reports about how J.C. Horn's been struggling with feet issues the last couple seasons and stuff. And I mean, he's our shutdown corner. And when he went out, and then when Dante Jackson went out, it was pretty much Jeremy Chin left by himself trying to defend everybody. And 
I mean, he's a good safety, and but he's not really a cover safety. He's more like a hard hitting, go get the running back, go get the quarterback safety. So, and we a ball hog like him will definitely help us in the passing game because we definitely got burned a lot, lot last year, especially near the end of the season with players just outrunning receivers or catching it over them. So we definitely need the ball hawk help. Yeah. Um, just looking back at um, Equanu's draft, because we posted that on Twitter, I had Evan Neal ahead of Equanu. Uh, but then in my actual, like, what I would do and then versus what I predict, I actually did have um, Equanu going six to the Panthers. So that's a win for me. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, prediction. Yeah. Um, I even had Kayvon Thibodeau going five to the Giants. I didn't realize how accurate I was on that one. I'm pretty happy with myself. Uh, it's two out of 32, uh, buddy. Let's let's calm down. Whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I'll go off here because I don't want to go back and rehash our entire entire draft from two years ago. Yeah, but, we, need, you know. we need to see the other 30 picks. Yeah, you probably <laughs> went two for 32. Do you guys really want me to do this on air right now or do you want me to do this off air? Because I, I don't <laughs> mind doing both. I'm just giving you hell, man. I was like, Chris, you actually didn't have a bad draft either looking at it. Yeah, that's because so. I'm just that good. Uh, no, I just I just got lucky. <laughs> you just got I had sauce going four to the to the Jets because now I'm gonna do this. Uh, <laughs> let's see. You were Frost, pretty spot on. Cross going to the um Seahawks at nine. I had Garrett Wilson going ten to the Jets. Which I don't think I think that's kind of where it starts. After that, I start really going off the rails. I had Malik Willis going 16 to the Saints. Oh, that's Ooh. real off. I had Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh, though. Yeah, but I think a lot of people had Pickett going to Pittsburgh. Let's be real. Um, I'm just, I'm sure I'm just glad that Carolina didn't reach for him in number six. I would have probably smashed my TV if he would. they would have picked him at six. So, you know, I, I had a pretty decent time predicting. I had Desmond Ritter going to the Lions. So, you know, um, stuff happens. Uh, let's go to their free agency here now. Um, you know, Panthers added some decent talent here. They added a, uh, Hayden Hurst, which is a good pick up there. Uh, Cam Irving, another really good one there. Um, Eric Rowe, I, you know, saw a lot of him down in Miami. He will either frustrate you or you'll love the crap out of him, um, personally. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we did pretty well in free agency, honestly. I mean, because I've, I've, of course, I've been following the Panthers for a while, and usually they're pretty quiet in free agency. They might add a couple people, but they don't really go like all in on free agency. And I was very shocked and surprised and very happy that they really went out and got people, especially with like the wide receiver room with like DJ Chark and Adam Thielen um, to replace DJ Moore's production. And I think those two will fit in really, really nice, especially like Thielen in a slot position. And then you talked about like uh, the other free agency signings. I mean, we did just adding depth to keep the team because I mean we had struggled with injuries all last year, and then that depth we didn't have and really hurt us at the end. So depth is always a good thing to have, especially when in the NFL during a long season. Yeah, I agree, hundred uh, percent on the depth thing. Uh, getting Adam Thielen, I feel like it was the uh, the big bring in for you guys, especially after you know losing. DJ Moore. Um, I guess, do you expect him to be the wide receiver one, or do you expect him to be more of a slot guy? I mean, 
what I've been hearing and what I think also, I think he's going to be more of a slot guy. Um, Cause I mean, that's what he played, especially the last couple of years in Minnesota when they got Justin Jefferson, he was more of a slot type receiver, just like a quick, like in route slant routes. Like it'll get you five, 10 yards, pretty much any possession. Um, Cause uh, my feeling is that it's going to be like uh, him on the slot. And then outside we have DJ Chark. And then on the other side, we're going to have Terrence Marshall probably. I mean, he's another type of go get it type receiver. And he's also got a ton of speed and a lot of upside last year. So I'm really excited to see what this wide receiver core can do. And of course, like you said, Hayden Hurst really adds to the uh, wide receiver room, gives us a good dump down option for Bryce Young if anything breaks down. Because, um, I mean, he's a quality, quality receiving tight end. Yeah, and I mean, also picking up Miles Sanders, um, I'm a big Chuba Hubbard guy. I thought he's, I thought coming out of college, he could have great potential to be a starter. I was tripping on my words there. Um, but getting Miles Sanders is a great pickup as well. Um, kind of looking, it's like you had mentioned, right now in the depth chart, they have. Thielen as one, Chark as two, Terrence is three, with uh, Mingo and LaVishka Chanel right behind there. Um, I didn't know Andy Dalton was on the team. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting signing. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but he was talking about how he thinks he's still a starting, cor- starting caliber quarterback, even though he did get passed in camp by Bryce. So I hope Bryce still stays a starter because I, I don't want Andy starting week one. Yeah, you know, I think Bryce is going to be the starter week one. I'd be very shocked if it wasn't, um, unless there's an injury, of course. Um, I'd even put maybe Matt Corral above Andy Dalton on the depth chart, in my personal opinion, uh, just because he knows the system pretty well. Yeah, I, I kind of feel bad. I mean, I I wish he could have played last year, especially with all the quarterback issues, because, um, I mean, he does have a lot of potential and it was really sucks that we didn't really get to see what he could do last year. And now he's kind of getting kind of screwed this year because they obviously drafted Bryce number one. They signed Andy in free agency. Yeah, um, another big pickup was uh, Von Bell uh, for you guys in free agency. Um, you know, adds really strongly to the safety core. I'm, you know, I still think Jeremy Chin is a great um, safety as well. I know they've got Xavier Woods right now above uh, chin according to the depth chart on ESPN, but you guys got a really good safety core out there right now. It looks like in uh, Carolina. Yeah, I'm was very surprised when they signed Von Bell because I know he was a very hot commodity in free agency, but he's definitely a good pickup because again, he's one of those like covered safeties that we really really need. And Chin plays more like a sub linebacker, like a uh, in like the the box type type of linebacker. He's not really like a a regular type safety, so. Having him and Woods back there will really help out the uh, the pass game a bunch because, again, like I said earlier, we got beat a bunch, especially with the injuries to our cornerbacks. Um, it was stru- it was hard to watch sometimes when, I mean, they were either getting dinked and dunked all the way down the field or they were getting big plays over their head every time. So I think Von Bell would definitely be a good addition to the defense. Yeah, I agree 100% there. Uh, Chris, any uh, big thoughts on Panthers offseason so far? Really, as a whole, for the offseason, I think it was pretty good. I mean, you got your uh, franchise quarterback for the future, which is always huge. And then they signed key pieces to, like you guys were talking about, fill in that depth uh, on the offense and on the defensive side. I I think the Panthers, depending on Bryce Young's play, I mean, it's going to go solely through him, in my opinion. If he plays well, the Panthers are going to do well. If he doesn't play well, they're not going to do well. But I think there's a legitimate shot they can win that division and make the playoffs this year. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I, I don't want to say it's gonna be an easy division because no division's really ever easy, but I think they have a good shot at it, especially after looking over their roster. You know, and we haven't gone over the rest of the rosters yet in the NFC South, which will be, you know, I mean, this, sorry, pulling back here and here, we're recording this before we do the main episode here. Um, but, you know, they got a good shot at it. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I mean, if you look at their team's division, like the Saints, the Falcons, the Bucks, none of them really got better. A lot of them actually got worse or stayed the same. Like, the Saints kind of stayed level because they replaced Andy Dalton with Derek Carr, which, I mean, it's a little bit of an upgrade, but it's not like world-changing type of upgrade. And their roster pretty much stayed the same. And that team won, like, what, five or six games last year? Um, and then, like, the Bucks obviously got worse because Tom Brady's gone, and they lost a lot of their veterans from that Super Bowl run. And now they got Baker, poor, poor Bucks. I'm hopefully he'll play a little bit better than he did for the Panthers. I mean, the Falcons, they're still a very young team. They're starting a pretty much a rookie quarterback in Desmond Ritter because he didn't really play a lot last year. And they don't really have a lot of key pieces around him except for like Kyle Pitts and of course Bijan when they drafted him seventh overall. So I think the Panthers have a good mix of rookies and veterans that can really put them over the top. And I mean, the NFC South is very weak, so I think they can take advantage and make a run for the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. Um, is there, so, I mean, I know we kind of touched on that earlier. Is there a lot of excitement around the fan base with Bryce Young coming in and this team as a whole? Yeah. I mean, of course, when you talk, I talked to a lot of people that come into the store and a lot of people are very, very excited. Um, we had a, uh, PSL season ticket holder events about a month, like a month ago where they got to see a practice, get autographs and talking to people that were season ticket holders. They haven't felt this type of excitement in years, probably since the last time that they made the playoffs, which was like, I don't know about 2017 or 18. And I mean, they're feeling like this could be change that they definitely need especially getting away from Matt rule bringing in frank wright and bringing in all these free agents and rookies they feel like this team could be really special and can really make some noise for the next few years especially if bryce develops like how he's supposed to i mean yeah when i went out to uh carolina not too long ago just seemed like the passion around the panthers was really nice uh, I don't even think like it was still off. No, it was just getting shut the season. So the excitement around there was fun. Um, and, you know, it, it's a hardcore fan base out there. I I didn't go to Charlotte. I was just in Raleigh and they were pretty big about it over there. It's like, you know, they've adopted the team across the entire state, I feel. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have the motto of like one team two states like they don't see themselves as north carolina the south carolina panthers they are the carolina panthers hence the name um but they really reach out i mean i obviously i live in raleigh and the fan base up there is huge i mean there's a ton of panthers fans all throughout the carolinas and i mean they come from all over to support the panthers i mean you see people come from everywhere especially like now panther stuff and I mean, they, they, I mean, I've seen people come from Germany that are Panthers fans. I mean, the reach for the Panthers is huge around the, the, not even the Carolinas, but around the world. Yeah. No, a very passionate fan base out there, hoping for good success. And honestly, probably some of the best uniforms in the league, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah. They definitely are some nice ones, especially the all black with the black helmets. Yeah. Very I was cool. going to ask, which one do you prefer, the, uh, the black or the uh, Carolina blue ones? Oh, that's a tough choice. I mean, the Carolina Blues are really good, but I mean, watching those all black ones last year were like 
amazing especially with the black helmets was just i was i wish they could wear that more than just one or two times a year because it was just amazing to watch all right chris you know i i know we're jersey aficionados here which one did you like more the uh all blacks or the the blues it's the carolina blues all day those <laughs> things are fire let like, me tell you like one day I, I still want us to do a jersey ranking video for you know episode and i think those are s tier if we're you know if we ever decide to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, those are, I mean, that blue just looks so nice. I like that shade of blue. I think my only complaint, like with the, uh, the Panthers helmet is it's silver, uh, base helmet. Like, I think that's my only complaint or like the silver or the white, depending, you know, but I, I wish they would do like, just like the, a deep blue or go with the blacks that we have seen, you know? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, those silver cup helmets have been there since the beginning, and yeah. I mean, with the old logos, they're just classic type of of the helmets. I mean, I don't think you can change it. Um, but I mean, I agree with you. I do like the black helmets more than the silver helmets, but I think the helm silver helmets are still very, very clean with the whole uniform when it comes to like either the blues or the black with the silver pants type of thing. Well, we'll definitely have to add Carolina to our uh, list of teams to go see in person someday at a game. And, uh, you know, obviously, if you're hearing this and you go to a Panthers game this year, don't forget to see Max at the uh, team store. Well, I won't be there. Uh, I My last day is the 29th of July, so. Well, scratch that. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, way to go <laughs> butchered that one uh, <laughs> but going into grades for the uh the offseason we'll, we'll finish up with two things here we'll go with grades and then i got another thing for you um so overall just like between the like give me a grade for the draft give me a grade for the free agency period and i guess like in case we don't get you on before the season starts just overall predictions for where you think the panthers will be this year um so draft i would give an a minus i mean Bryce Young, if he lives up to the heights, will be the franchise quarterback for probably the next eight, nine, ten years. And of course, they got Mingo in the second round and Edge Rusher in the third round. So they they've really hit a lot of the needs that we needed to uh, add to the team. And then free agency, I would give it probably a B plus or A minus. Also, just because I mean we had a lot of quality depth players. I mean they did add some big names but not a lot but the the players they did add will really help in putting the team over the top and then of course the big names like Thielen and Hayden Hurst and Von Bell will really add to the team that I mean showed a lot of promise in the second half of the season after Matt Rule got fired and I'm 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 excited to see what this team can do and I'm excited to watch the games hopefully go to a game this year I'm looking at some some dates to go to at least one game um and I think Overall, I think they win the NFC South uh, with either a nine and eight or a ten and seven record. Okay, um, Chris, what do you think about their draft and their uh, offseason? Yeah, I I agree with what Max said. I think it's a minus caliber offseason and draft as a whole. They just, I feel like they picked a a lot of players in a lot of positions of need, which is which is hard to do. Um, so I, yeah, I, it was just a good draft. Um, and then their free agents, they got some key playmakers and Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst. And then they got some players on the defensive end to help in the, the coverage where Max was talking about, they were lacking towards the end of last season. Yeah, I, I think I give a solid A to each. I know, uh, the depth of the draft wasn't necessarily what I would hope it would be, but I still feel like they addressed that even with the free agency. So I'm going to give a solid A to each of them there. 
Um, but, you know, I guess the last thing I have here um, is, Max, any particular place Chris needs to go eat at in North Carolina when he goes over there? Um, so, I mean, I got a couple places. Uh, of course, you got to go to Bojangles. That's the staple down here. Um, that's pretty much life down here. It's But you got to get some chicken tenders and some fries and some legendary Bojangles sweet tea. Okay. Um, they got, uh, we got like cookout, which is like a in and out type restaurant. Um, but they have the best burgers and shakes you can get anywhere around here. And they're all over the place and they're open till 2am, which is perfect for a college student on drunk night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of cool places to go. It's, I mean, it just obviously depends on what part of the, the state you go on. And there's a lot of cool places to go. Obviously, if you go to Raleigh, you have the, you have the hurricanes up there and that Raleigh. Downtown Raleigh is a cool area, and of course, if you go to the Panthers game, they're right in the middle of Uptown. Uptown has the baseball, the Marley baseball team, the Hornets are just down the road, and they got a lot of cool restaurants and bars to go to just around the stadium. It's a good little area just to walk around and have enjoy your day. That's helpful information. Yeah, we're going to go to uh, Charlotte for the our honeymoon, and then we'll probably make a day trip up to Raleigh or something like that so i think that'll be a lot of fun up there i i have never been personally but i'm excited to be there i say last year was the first time i went and uh maybe really just want to move over there uh, if we're being honest yeah charlotte's just a nice nice city especially you definitely if you go to charlotte definitely need to go to south end um take the train to south end there's bars and restaurants at as long as the track as you can see and they're all really really good really really quality and it's just a really nice area just to hang out at night after a long day of walking around Charlotte. Um, I appreciate the hurricane shout out too, but uh, Chris hates hockey, so. Oh, I didn't know that. My bad. It's not that I hate hockey. <laughs> I just don't watch it. I don't get into it. Well, here's the thing. I live 20 minutes from the arena. I haven't been to a game since 2009. So it shows you how much I like hockey too. <laughs> I'm not the only one. TJ. No, no, I, I'm a rare breed in, in this area and, and just in the United States in general. Um, it's a shame because I think soccer is starting to overtake popularity of hockey. Um, but yeah, seriously, Max, thank you for coming on. Um, th- like I said, we're putting this towards the end of the episode. So Max, is there anything you want to say before we uh, get on out of here? just want to thank you all for letting me come on the show and I uh, hope that the Panthers have a good season. I'm really excited, really excited to watch it and uh just i'm ready for the season to start nfl in the season needs to come right now i'm tired of watching baseball and soccer <laughs> i i get you there i i think we both really appreciate you uh coming on because it's really nice getting you know a different perspective than what we would have especially when it comes to certain fan bases well yeah because i mean obviously most of the interns that we worked with were either colts <laughs> Bears, Lions fans, or Browns fans. So it's a nice little different regional uh, fan base right here. I think uh, me, you, Justin, and Harold were the only ones that uh, were, were differing of like the main mainline teams around that area. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, I appreciate it. That has been our interview of Max. Chris, send us home. We appreciate everybody for listening. Peace.